Welcome to Australian Hiker, your online hiking resource. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 153 of the Australian Hiker podcast. And in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about peak bagging. Peak bagging is the practice of climbing to the summit of a hill or a mountain uh, just for the sake of reaching that, that peak itself. And many people will do this because they're trying to do the tallest peaks in the world, in the country or in their region, uh, or they're attempting to summit a particular group of peaks. And for many reasons, this provides the why for their hiking. Now, from my perspective, the whole concept of peak bagging is just strange. I hike to follow a particular trail, and if the trail does go over a summit, I'm quite happy to go up a hill. Uh, But I typically won't go off track to do a summit unless there's a particularly good reason. I'm a big believer in the path of least resistance, uh, but in this practice, I'm in the minority. Uh, It seems that many hikers I come across choose the uphill route. But why is that? Why do people choose to collect summits? In the following podcast, we'll look at the main reasons hikers choose to peak bag, as well as some of the options available to Australian hikers. We hope you enjoy. Now, first up, why do people peak bag? We recently asked our Facebook community why they love to climb hills and mountains. And in all honesty, there wasn't a lot of surprise in the responses. They were pretty much as I expected them uh, to be. Now, the majority of people who choose to summit do so for one of the following reasons. So the first reason is fitness, which seems like a pretty obvious one. Um, Going uphill takes a lot of energy, builds muscles and... um, Sometimes, you know, people told us that they did it to train for other hikes that they were planning to do. So that seemed to be, you know, from a fitness perspective, that seemed to be the main reason why uh, they were choosing to go to summits. And I know from my perspective, in training for my annual long-distance hikes, um, I will do a lot of flattish shorter hikes, uh, but I'll also choose to, to climb up a lot of peaks as well, just to give my, myself and my body a bit of variety uh, and work different groups of muscles. Yeah, and I know that uh, our local mountain gets a bit of a workout when we've got a uh, an upcoming hike and we put on the full pack and we go up and down and up and down <laughs> and up and down, sometimes many times in a day. <laughs> Now, the next reason that was identified is it's on the trail. And and again, for me, this is probably the main reason for going up a summit. (laughs) It's Uh, hard to avoid it, isn't it? (laughs) It is, it is. Uh, And it's quite interesting. I've got a background in landscape architecture. Um, I have a particular interest in trail design. uh, And I know from my perspective, when I'm out hiking, I look at the trail itself and why it is the way it is. So if you think about the overland track in Tasmania, the majority of the the peak ascents or the summit ascents are off trail. Um, you do go up and down over valleys, uh, but it's 
you don't typically go up the major hills and peaks um, unless you choose to do that. Uh, this is an older track, um, and I think at that stage when it was built, it was probably designed around the path of least resistance, but still giving people the option to go up those peaks. In the more modern trails that have come available, providing the, the landscape and the environment allows for it, uh, it's not unusual to deliberately include uh, at least one or two uphill peaks, even if they're not the quickest or the shortest route. I think some of the older tracks tend to be the shortest uh, distance between two points, whereas what I've noticed in relatively recently designed trails and tracks there's a, there's a lot of lot more winding around, and uh, I think that gives you the opportunity to take in the the peaks a little bit more. I must admit that sometimes going to the top of a hill or a mountain makes sense, and sometimes it doesn't. In two thousand and eighteen, when I did the Bibbulmun track, one of the mountain peaks that I went up really didn't make a lot of sense. There were alternate routes around the hill uh, to get where you were going. The views from the summit were, while they were okay, they weren't particularly spectacular. And it almost appeared like that people wanted to, or the trail designers wanted to actually take you over this mountain just to say, well, we've gone to a summit and we've provided views. Other hikes that we've done have provided spectacular views from summits. And you really think, yep, this is the reason we're here. And I can really see why we've come up this particular mountain or hill. Yeah, and the Larapinta Trail was a bit like that. The lots of lots of peaks to um, climb, and um, you know the trail just wandered through them, and uh, the views were always stunning. And I think, but that trail in particular, if you spent most of the time just walking through the valleys uh, and on the flatter plain areas, you wouldn't get a concept of what the entire landscape looked like. Uh, and going up onto a high peak every so often gave you an appreciation for the area you're in and, and the environment you're in. So that really did make sense. And in fact, the Larapinta Trail tends to follow a group of mountains and it's basically works from one side of the mountain range to the other, then back again, taking you over the peaks as you go. So it, it there is valid reasons for taking you over the peaks. Yeah, there was, and it, and it was quite effective. So that gets us on to the next reason why people said that they climbed hills, uh, sought out the peaks, and this is a pretty obvious one, and we've just been talking about it, which is um, about the views. So there's always the promise of a fabulous view from a vantage point that's a little bit higher than the usual track um, and I think sometimes that is a bit of a promise because it doesn't always get realized <laughs> um, so often you can get great views there's something a little bit disappointing uh, when you do this great climb and you know you can't see any more than you could when you were down in the in the depths of the valley so um it doesn't always pan out the way you want it to pan out, but often it does. And I think the other thing with thinking about views from the summit, sometimes, sometimes as we said, the views from the summit can be spectacular, but sometimes the views to the summit are really good. Um, if you've looked at our website, the main image for our website is a view to Mount Sonder on the Larapinta Trail. Um, and we climbed a small peak at the end of uh, the... Uh, second day's hike, 
uh, and we had the sun coming up behind us, shining onto Mount Sonda, and we were there looking at the sun rising over this fairly prominent sort of feature. And that for us was probably one of the best views on the entire track. Yeah, it was. So it's, it's the sort of thing that um, just because a hill is there, um, think about the reasons for going up it. Uh, and if it's for a spectacular view, that's good, providing the view is actually there. But the thing is, you don't know unless you go. No, that's true. <laughs> from there, and this sort of um, follows on from the, what we're talking about views, is the photographic opportunities. Uh, being able to take a picture of the landscape uh, can often be quite amazing. And I think for a lot of people, and we're, we're no different here, is the longer away from the trip you become time-wise, uh, the more you start thinking about, oh, this is what it was like. Uh, and, and quite often the better it be becomes. Um, and if you ever go back and revisit again, it's often a bit of a disappointment. You think, oh, I remember it being a bit better than this. Um, <laughs> it's like the big banana, Tim, isn't that right? <laughs> it, it is, yeah. It is. Um, so it's, it's the sort of thing that, again, Getting some um, some photographs, getting pictures of sunrises can often be quite good from summits. Um, but again, like the views, it's not always the case. So the next reason people uh, said that they climb mountains is to achieve a goal. So they have something particular in mind that they want to accomplish. So for a lot of Australians, climbing Mount Kosciuszko, uh, Australia's highest peak, is a great achievement for them. Um, I think it's a funny one. I think there are other bigger achievements, notwithstanding it's uh, the highest mountain, um, because there are all sorts of people <laughs> climbing Mount Kosciuszko in the most amazing array of clothing and footwear. Um, so <laughs> it, it's a bit like anybody can do it. But, um, you know, if, you, if that's your goal, then, then that's great. But sometimes people have other goals and, uh, you know, they just – uh, for whatever reason, a uh, personal reason, a family reason, or just the, uh, the, the fact of saying that they've done it, um, that drives them to climb a peak. And I think for most people, Mount Kosciuszko, if you're an Australian, Mount Kosciuszko seems to be on everyone's bucket list. As Jill said, it's not the most difficult mountain in the world to climb. It's actually relatively easy. Um, but it, it's one of those things to say you've been to the top of Australia. Uh, I think it's something that everyone strives to achieve. Taking that a step further, um, the next thing we're going to look at is list ticking. Uh, and what we mean by this is, um, uh, is actually doing a, or creating a list that you try and tick off. And this is actually more common than most people would think. So I've come across hikers who want to climb the five highest mountains or hills in each state and territory in Australia. Um, or doing the Aussie 10, which Jill and I did uh, uh, about... Um, a couple of years ago now. A couple of years ago now, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think when it was. Um, I don't I can't, I, you know... Uh, having been so isolated and, and uh, non-mountain bound, I can't remember anything at the moment. It was actually Christmas uh, 2019 we did it. Oh, no, Christmas 2018. 
uh, because we were there. We'd, we'd actually finished it and we walked out on Christmas Day. That's true. That's right. Uh, and the Aussie 10 is walking Australia's 10 highest peaks, uh, which include Mount Kosciuszko, and they're all centred around the Mount Kosciuszko area. So it's a multi-day hike. Um, it provides a purpose to actually, rather than just walking up there and doing Kosciuszko, uh, it gives you an opportunity to turn it into a two- or a three-day hike uh, and reach all of the, the 10 highest peaks in Australia. It was, it was a really good thing to do. Um, it was a little bit tough at the time, but, you know, as time passes, everything gets, you, you reflect and you think, you know, that was much easier uh, than it was at the moment that you were doing it. And I think it's one of those hikes that hindsight's really wonderful. If we went back and did it again, we'd actually do it. It would be easier. Uh, we'd know all the all the little tricks and the tips. We'd be able to find <laughs> the trails. <laughs> yeah. Some of them aren't so clear. Uh one of the things in preparing for this podcast that I came across in the Canberra Times newspaper uh, in the last few days was somebody, uh, and again, this wasn't the only individual to do this, but somebody that was climbing all, to all the trig stations in the Australian Capital Territory. And I think there were 104 to 110. I can't remember the exact number. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, in talking to some of the ACT government officials, they were saying that you know, government workers haven't done all these. Typically, people will will focus on doing some in their particular area, um, but there are a number of people that have done all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they found was the official record is wrong. <laughs> so that so they're correcting the record as they go. So this is this is a. Um, it's a way to say, well, okay, I want to get out there. I don't necessarily want to do just the hiking trails. Uh, and for that matter, Jill and I only have a handful of trails left to finish off in Canberra. And if we didn't want to leave the Territory and still wanted to keep on hiking, that wouldn't be a bad way to do it uh, because it would force us to visit a lot of unfamiliar areas and a lot of areas that, that aren't actually on a formal trail mm. um, and sometimes require a bit of bush bashing to get to. I, lo- I love ACT, but can we go and do something yeah. else, please? <laughs> well, we, we, are, we will be over the next few months. We had so much planned for, uh, for 2020, and it's uh, between the fires and COVID, it, we, we've pretty much lost half a year, but we are starting to get back on track again now. But, but we're well. We're well and we're healthy, and, you know, you can't ask for more than that. Okay, so in relation to Australian peak bagging options, and there are options wherever you are in the world, but from an Australian perspective, as we mentioned, the Aussie 10, so Australia's 10 highest peaks, and if you go to the link in the show notes, uh, we will have uh, uh, the link to our Aussie 10 write-up and the Aussie 10 podcast if you're interested in doing that during the warmer months of the year. Uh, Possible to do it at this time of the year, but you'd have to be really into snow sports. Certainly the last couple of days, we've had some serious snow. So, Doing the tallest peaks in each state and territory. Uh, and we have the written version of this podcast, uh, which has the list of those peaks. Um, it does require you to, to travel to all the states and territories. Um, and it, it means that, you know, at some point you might spread this over a number of months or even a number of years and visit one of these peaks each year. Uh, but it gives you an opportunity to go through and uh, tick off a list of of hikes and peaks. Well, that's not a bad thing to do in the coming years is, uh, 
as we pull ourselves back from international travel, um, it's a good reason to get around our own country. And I, and I think that's, I hadn't actually thought about that, but given that we probably are going to be a bit more Australia-bound, particularly for the next 12 months, uh, looking at things to do out of the norm, uh, you, know, uh, you know, from just the straight tourism traps, getting out and about and getting out in nature, uh, these are all good sort of goals to work with. Yeah, and I think it's a good time to set some goals. I mean, you know, come up with something that's pretty creative. We'd certainly like to hear about what your um, creative goal might be. Climbing the highest peaks in your local area, and again, it mightn't be just the the one highest peak, but it might be to say, well, okay, in my particular town or region, there's 20 or 30 hills, uh, and I'll aim at climbing those ones. Even if they're not the highest within the state, it's just going through and climbing all the hills and becoming familiar with those. And this is something that Jill and I have done over the last three or four years uh, as we go through and work our way through all the uh, walks in the Australian Capital Territory (laughs) and then spread further afield. Uh, We pretty much have climbed all the marked trails at least, uh, if not the unmarked trails, and and there are plenty of those that do exist. So, And there's been some real – some ones that we really wouldn't have thought of as being any good – uh, that really have surprised us. So sometimes it's just worth taking a chance and doing something you're thinking, you think that may not be spectacular, but as I said, it can surprise you. And, yeah, I think that's an interesting point because sometimes when things are close to home, you think they can't be that interesting. Um, but we've found a few that are, and there are also a few that we'd like to go uh, back to at different times of the year. So I think they'll be quite different and, and quite spectacular then. Now, we talked a bit about the Overland Track earlier on, and, and I think this is the thing. If you do a trail, and we'll use the Overland Track as an example, one of the things when we did it was deciding about whether we were going to go up the side peaks or not. Now, we had Cradle Mountain was our first one. We tried to get up that, got halfway up, and it was white out from, <laughs> from halfway out to the summit, so we couldn't do that one. Uh, we bypassed the second option. Uh, the third and fourth option we decided to go past and the people who actually did that said they got about halfway up before they got hit with 80 to 90 kilometre hour winds and weren't able to proceed from there. So they turned around and came back down. We did a few though. We did, we did the side trails generally and we did a few um, higher climbs as well. And I think from our perspective, one of the reasons we did bypass those was not because we didn't particularly want to do them, we wanted to go through and visit Pine Valley. And I must admit, if you if you have a limited amount of time uh, and you have a choice between climbing some of the side mountains on the trail or doing Pine Valley, I'd strongly suggest you do Pine Valley. It really is a spectacular landscape and doesn't it does include a hill climb if that's what you're after. Yeah. Okay, so as we've already mentioned that that from my and I think even to Jill's perspective, we do find peak bagging a bit strange. Uh, no, you find it strange. I, find it strange. I, I probably would do a little bit more if uh, you know this is this is part of the uh, is it the journey or the destination kind of conversation as well because I think for me the journey is important and I'd do a few more uh, if I wasn't hiking with someone who was about the destination. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
as I said, you know, from my perspective, I need to have a, apart from fitness training before a hike, I need to have a reason to climb a hill or a mountain. <laughs> if the reason's there, just I'll... Just because pu- it's there, Tim. <laughs> it's just there. Yeah, I can't work with that one. <laughs> Uh, and, and I suppose ultimately what it comes down to is hike or hike. Don't let anyone tell you that you're wrong. If you want to climb hills and mountains, go for it. It really is what you enjoy when you hike. Uh, so if hiking up every hill in sight is what makes you happy, do it. Uh, and more importantly, if it gets you out into nature, that's the important thing. Okay, that's all for this week's episode. Uh, We hope you enjoyed uh, and we hope you consciously think about whether you are a peak bagger or not uh, and think about what goals you have set yourself in climbing hills and peaks. In the coming weeks and months, um, as we get the opportunity to at least for the moment get out and about and start spreading further afield, uh, we are getting back on our planned series of hikes and podcasts that we're now able to access. Um, So we have a number in train coming up over the next six to eight weeks and that we think you'll find quite enjoyable. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Anything other than the ACT will be fabulous. Okay, if you have the opportunity, please go through and give us a five-star rating on Apple Music or iTunes or your podcast listening host of choice. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. That's all for me. Bye for now. And bye from me.